Now, the final segment of the Six Rings podcast, and I don't think we have a catchy name. It's not necessarily Pat's Puri, our favorite segment, or my favorite segment. I don't want to speak for the rest of this you is, guys. This is called Kiss the Rings, where you ask us questions. The Rings, apparently, is this rings. segment. I don't know. I just threw it out there. I've seen okay, it I'm not sure exactly how it ties into what we're going to do, do, but I. we're going to interact with our listeners via interactions on both Twitter at at six rings pod or six rings pod at gmail.com for the emails. So boys take it away. What do the fans have to say? Uh, Chad Moore from Twitter says, let's say Mac can't go this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, who do you see stepping up Hoyer or Zappy? Oh, it's Hoyer. 100% Zappy. Zappy will be game day active, but it's Hoyer o'clock all the way. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but I do think no. it would be Hoyer. I, I don't think it's actually a, a necessary consideration at this point. I think Mac will be out there come hell or high water and whatever shot they inject him with if he needs to for yeah. back spasms and, and to get through it. Now, will he be affected? We'll talk about that later in the week. It'll be interesting to see what he's listed on the injury report and all those things. But um, it would actually stun me, stun me if Mac Jones, for whatever reason, wasn't out there. The real Jake Grover asks, what do you guys think of Cole Strange being benched? Is he already on his way to being a bust? Now, the Cole Strange benching was something that he explained as a rotational development or a rotational planning that they had in mind because of the heat and fatigue in his first professional game. So I don't see that as a benching. And no, I don't think Cole Strange is already in another compartment of the Matt Patricia doghouse, seeing as he is both coordinator and offensive line coach. Yeah, I don't think it was a benching i think it was either a rotation or heat related now i will say we should remember he played more than the rest of the line in the preseason so if any of the linemen were game ready it would be cole strange but the flip side of that is mm -hmm. i think he needed to play more in the preseason because he's the least game ready of the linemen coming from tennessee chattanooga and adjusting to his new role and all that i i, I don't know i need i wish i could go back to i, I have a terrible memory I don't know what I remember of Logan Mankins, his rookie year. Hmm. He started. He absolutely started right out the gates as a first At round 05. tackle to guard transaction thing. Mm -hmm. I just feel like Cole Strange was given this job, and I've yet to see anything that said, wow, he really deserved that. Like, he deserved to be penciled in. in the Because back in OTAs, the first time I saw them have a line, Cole Strange was at left guard. And it's like he's been – he didn't get moved. Mike Onwenu lost some reps during the summer to what was that? Uh, guy's name? Jason Hambright. Hines, Arlington Hambright, yeah. uh, James Ferentz. Uh, uh, yeah, know. the it's the Hambright guy took his reps early is, is the one I was talking about. And mm -hmm. Cole Strange hasn't. So is Cole Strange playing well? I don't really think so. Has he earned his spot? I don't really think so. But the reality is it's his spot. Where's yeah, the competition? Where's the competition for him? That's the problem. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, so that's the issue. So he's starting by default. Meanwhile, I have to listen to Sunday Night Football as I'm driving back to my house and hearing about how good Shaq Mason looks getting downfield and blasting open holes for Leonard Fournette to have one of the best running nights he's had as a professional. Like that, I'm a that didn't make me shake at least one angry fist out the window. Yeah, Again, uh, ev everyone knows I hate yeah. the pick. I hate the first round pick on a guard, but I wouldn't even go as far as to say he's a bust already. Oh, I, no. Again, I'm with you, Andy. I don't think necessarily he's earned this job yet, and I, I hate taking a first round guard out of UT Chattanooga. But at this point, it kind of is what it is. Uh, gentlemen, how big a problem no. do you see? Uh, Andy if you Hart see will one, be. 
Will the only Pat Fryermuth be for the Patriots? Oh, that has to be from Classy Claire. That has to be because she loves the tight endage. Um, Considering that Mike Gesicki had 0.5 fantasy points last Sunday, he was a complete non-factor. They really didn't target the tight end position. You could say like, well, if trends continue, it shouldn't be an issue. I see it as a big issue. I see them trying to get a good, uh, a quick tight end who's a focal point of their offense, who got a bunch of catches last week. I see him being a real pain in the ass Sunday and Kyle Duggar better get his coverage skills uh, in lockstep and line, especially if Andy Adrian Phillips, who we hear good things about, he's trending in the right direction with the rib issue, but it's not a certainty that he'll play Sunday. Yeah. And Kyle Duggar did not have a great summer coverage wise in training camp. Um, I like him in the box. We talked a little bit post game about his tackling other than the, you know, game changing play. I'll pull my Belichick there. He tackled really well. He tackled Tyreek Hill in space. I think he is a good tackler, good box safety. I don't have a ton of confidence in his coverage. Um, so I think that's, that's a concern for them, but I'm sorry if they can't deal with a, I mean, what do we want to call him? Middle of the road tight end. He's not a great no. tight end. He's he's in the upper. He, I'd, I'd say Pat Furmuth is in the upper half of tight ends. Okay, yeah, great. And Trubisky if, targeted him a ton this past if, week too. If they you. can't deal with him, I thought safety was the strongest position on the team. I don't care who's dinged up or anything. You, you supposedly have like five starting safeties on the roster. Get one of their asses to cover a damn tight end. Like, I'm sorry. If you can't cover him, then it is going to be a long season and the bottom is falling out of this defense. I'd also want to flip the question on our friend Clazy Claire and say, uh, how frustrating is it to watch the Patriots tight ends who uh, get paid lots and lots of money? Uh, you know, actually, uh, Mutt and I talked about this. Do you guys know in last night's, not to timestamp this, but in last night's Monday night football game, mm-hmm. can you guess how many tight ends were targeted by Russell Wilson and the on the Denver Broncos? Uh, four. That is correct. Four <laughs> different tight ends were targeted in that game. And on top of that, Geno Smith also targeted three different tight ends on the opposite side of the ball. And yet the Patriots can't figure out really how to how to do it much with their own. Uh, anyways, at and Kenman asks, do we see any major play call changes this week or do we see them revert to some old plays so that the team can actually kind of function? And by old plays, what are we thinking? We're just going to go with like a smash mouth approach to type of, is that by old fashioned, good old grind them out and you know, smack them around the field and for like impose your will on them. Or are we talking like maybe not spread them and shred them, but maybe some more three wide receiver sets and a pass centric offense at first. Is that what we're thinking? Well, I mean, I would not be opposed to allowing Mac to cook as they say. Um, Cause that I, phrase needs to go away. It really does. It's so overused. I hate it so yeah. much. That's why I love it's doing done it. now. And I Russell Wilson and, and Nathaniel Hackett put it to bed forever last night. Um, with as comfortable as he looked as Peter Lockhart, right, Fitzy, uh, orchestrating the offense in the first. Nice. Yeah. Game. Peter, good old Peter Lockhart. Uh, yes. He keeps calling yeah. him Peter Lockhart. He's no Keith. Tom Brady, so I can't call him Keith Lockhart. So he's a lower level Lockhart. So Peter will call him. Um, I think you need Peter to do that Lockhart. more often. He needs to feel good. If if we're talking about guys that need a pat on the bum bum and you want to feel good, I would put Mac atop that list. He's been I might be older. gentle with that ass pat with the, his back last well, week. Well, he won't feel a thing with everything that's going to be pumping <laughs> through his body. So um, much Toradol. Duct tape and Toradol, baby. But you need to get – he needs some return on his investment because for months – He's been saying, I love the open conversation and, oh, we got so many great coaches and they've coached so many games and all of and the process. Don't worry about the results. He has been a good soldier 
for months. It's time for him to feel good and throw like some touchdown passes and have a little fun on a football field. Yes, that's why I'm saying open it up and put Pittsburgh on their heels if possible. Careful how far you open it or he might end up on his ass in more pain than when he started. Yeah. So that'll do it for the Twitter comments. But, gentlemen, we do have an email. Uh Oh, Uh, this email came in yesterday. Uh, This is from Chris Cataldi. Uh, his name, he says, hi, my name's Chris. I'm a Pats fan from Richmond, Virginia. Love the pod. Always look forward to the new episodes. And I wholeheartedly agree with all of Shime's Patriots takes for 2022. This is a first. The offseason was a complete disappointment with the trade of Mason taking strange in the first round and not doing much to make the team better on either side of the ball. Drafting a receiver with bird bones in the second round also didn't help, especially <laughs> since he was injured on his first NFL contact. Bird bones. That's a good one. I'm going to call him that from now on. <laughs> the biggest okay. disappointment has to be the offensive coordinator situation. Both Patricia and Judge are failed head coaches. There's no other way to say it. The players know it. Opponents know it. And it feels like Bill is determined to make it work with them despite all evidence to the contrary. If the offense is changing, wouldn't it would it really hurt to have a guy like Gase or even someone from the college level instead of forcing two terrible coaches into roles they aren't suited for? Mac has also looked shaky since the bye week last year, and he looked as though he lacked confidence against Sunday. I was all in on Mac last year, but my biggest fear is that a bad season will hurt his confidence going forward and leave us in a QB situation similar to the Jets. Anyway. I think Bill's hubris has derailed the team, and while he's busy continuing to try to outsmart everyone, other teams have made sound choices in free agency in the draft. Ultimately, I think we'll be six and eleven or seven and ten, and it's a total letdown. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Chris. Well, first of all, thanks for the email, and thanks for supporting Shime. He needs it. There's not. I do. There's not. Shime there's support. not many Shime fans out there. So shout out to fellow Chris. At least not in Patriots Nation, and I can understand the joy that must have bounced around that chubby little heart of yours when you read that as well. There are a lot of people that obviously Shime. The people that clap back, get angry at you, say they've got no time for the negativity. In some ways. Look, some of them might be right at the same time. And again, that's these are their opinions. But at the same time, you are picking at a nerve that is unearthing a lot of frustration that I think a lot of people feel. Now, there are those that are willing to ride this out, understand that we were spoiled, uh, rotten, uh, the luxury of riches in entitled town the past 20 years. It's a different place now. And the bedside manner by which Judge, Patricia, and Belichick carry and compose themselves doesn't do anything, I think, in a lot of people's minds, especially yours, to bring comfort when the team is in transition or struggling. So I can understand both sides of the street. That said, hey, you know, just so you know, like they say in a lot of those promos, you are not alone. (laughs) Chris, some of the specifics that you touched on, like, I don't know that you had to go crazy on the offensive coordinator role, like, I would be more comfortable, and Mike Lombardi has alluded to this, Bill taking on a heavier hand in the offense if it doesn't work. I would be very comfortable with Bill Belichick and Nick Cayley running the offense. That's what I said. It it makes... It also is just more of a logical progression for yeah. someone like Nick Haley, right? It's okay. I was an offensive assistant. Then I became the tight ends coach and now I'm the offensive coordinator, right? Like, that's the kind of, well, NFL I'm not ready. No, I'm not the no. offensive coordinator. I'm the play caller and Bill yes. is looking over my shoulder and we're yep. tied at the hip and we're working hand in hand. And then Meanwhile, maybe next Patricia year I become the, the actual OC. Yeah. No, like 
that would be, I don't need Adam Gase. I don't need Billy O'Brien. Like I could you. have been happy with a Belichick mm-hmm. Nick Cayley combo. And I don't rule out the Belichick thing because Mike Lombardi keeps uh, beating that drum that at some point, Bill might just say, this isn't working. He's a fixer. He doesn't beat his head against a wall. He takes over. We saw a, a portion of indication on Sunday that maybe when Bill is more involved, first drive of the first half, first drive of the second half, maybe it is better. Maybe that would give him reason to say, I do need to take over more. I would also say, as much as most people dislike Matt Patricia, he's in a tough spot, and that was his first game calling plays at an NFL level. Like, I'm sorry, that that's not really on him. That's on Bill. He oh, didn't have any experience, so... To pull the plug uh-huh. on him right now, I actually think would be unfair to Matt Patricia. Like, whoa, whoa, you knew I had no experience. It didn't go great the first game, and now you're firing me? That's you. That's on you, Bill. And I know Bill said, blame me. I will blame you because you put him in a fail-fail situation and then pull the plug on him when he fails. So I, I understand Chris's frustration. And by the way, yeah, seven wins isn't that far off from a lot of people. Like – the eight and a nope. half, you know, I think a mm-hmm. lot of us have said, actually, eh, seven to nine range, depending on how the ball bounces, quote unquote. S- seven was a lot of people's floors. Yeah. And 10 is probably a ceiling for a lot of people. I would say mine is yeah. more. Than- but so, Chris, uh, and and the other aspect of it is that Shime gets wrapped in and I think is the Mac Jones thing. I don't know if people are starting to question Mac Jones more. Like Chris, who said after the bye, he liked him last year, but then after the bye and now this year. Because if Mac Jones can't play, well, then you're you're done. You're every other NFL team. And I have an interesting take that I'm developing. Um, well, please workshop it here. Well, I would just say simply, are we starting to realize, it's too early, but are we starting to realize maybe all five of the quarterbacks taken in the first round last year aren't franchise quarterbacks? No. I think there's a chance. And that nope. happens. It nope. happens in many drafts. Yes, you know? more often than not. Yeah, it's, it's like it is got so hard to hit a on a legit yeah, j- hitting on Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and and, and guys like that in like mm-hmm. back-to-back drafts and just like absolute studs that can start right away doesn't normally happen. Like first round quarterbacks for years, the majority of them stink. Now, I mean, look at like that last time that five quarterbacks were taken in the first round. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Like you had guys like Jake Locker who don't oh, yeah. even play. Well, that was way anymore. before that. But what about the Josh Allen year? You had Josh Rosen flame out. You had Sammy Squarejaw flame out. But then you had Josh, Josh Allen, Allen work was out. A hit. You had Lamar Jackson work out. I think three of the five ended up working out in the first round. The last time five went. Yeah. So I. I mean, it's, it's all five, it's, Andy. No, I think Trevor Lawrence is still going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Probably, but he needs to start showing signs at some point. <laughs> Trey Lance. I wouldn't have touched with a 10 foot blank uh, hard pass. I'm not out on Justin Fields just yet. I mean, hell Davis. What the greatest thing would be, Davis and, Mills. and maybe we should end on this, that a guy with zero ACLs and enough neck to graft 10 of them might end up turning out to be the most productive of all of them. Oh, and he's not a franchise been... quarterback either. So I, I no, mean, he's a journeyman. I think yeah, there's a best. chance that there were no franchise quarterbacks in last year's draft and you may have gotten the best of them, but he may not be the guy to lead you to the promised land. But also I would summarize this entire show by saying, as Aaron Rodgers likes to say, relax. It's week one. Mm-hmm. It's Mac Jones game one of year two. He has bad coaching or at least inexperienced coaching. There's a lot of logs on the fire right now. Let's let it burn for a little bit. 
before we decide exactly how this is going to play out. I would also like to say on an unrelated note to all our future emailers uh, who want to contact us, putting a nice, uh, you know, a nice hook in the subject line really matters because all it says is Shimes takes. And so I was fully prepared when I opened it to just be lambasted by whoever sent it so really you know when you send stuff like that that i i want to read it I it's read like it right with away. a song or what they say about a tiktok video it's got to hit within the first eight seconds or otherwise people are going to scroll right through so always find a way to put a nice little hook in there and then you fish them right in right andy okay wrap up yes hopefully we hooked you in the beginning of this podcast and you're still here to close it out six rings and football things if you want to contact us and be part of future what was it called against Shime? I forgot. It was terrible. Listenership. Yeah, no, ignore what I said. It's stuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and and if you want to offer up names for a segment in which we yes, interact please. with our emailers and tweeters, we'd be happy to send you something that Fitzy is hawking. Oh my God. This home. is like the return At of the king. Ring- it's got three endings already. Let's go. First of all, I'm not going to take any criticism on being too wordy from you because I've never heard anybody wordier in my life. Wordy McWord word. Oh, my wordy God. Word like word would like you, us to wrap draw it, it out. Holy so, smokes. Just put the dog down already. Football. Well, if, if you would stop speaking at some point, I would close it, but I can't with you babbling. Brooke wants us to end it at six rings and football things. We'll be back later in the week to talk Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, Andy. Listeners should also be reminded that every Sunday after the Patriots game, they can tune in to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI or all across the WEEI network, right? Right. Bye.